You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Second hour of the show. We're brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And I hope everyone out there is driving safe. I was out and about on the city today, and the main roads were fine. Maybe little bits are going a tiny bit slower. The tough part is the side streets. Just because all the snow shoveled over and uh, you know cars trying to park, everything is a lot more narrow. So just just be careful out there, especially the high snowbanks. Sometimes you're not going to see anyone coming around a corner, especially the pedestrians. So keep an eye on that. The Raptors start their final 23 games of the NBA season tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans. And we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later in the show. But I am like, like someone else. I, I start off the show today saying I am so fascinated by these 23 games. Because it is a hard schedule. Because a lot of it's on the road. Because a lot of it's going to be against the top teams like Denver. Boston a couple times. Milwaukee. Toronto's in 10th right now. So they got the last play-in spot. But what we see in these final 23 games is going to be a referendum. It's going to be a referendum on the players... It's going to be a referendum on Masai Ujiri as well. And I'm all good with buying into the team, buying in with the idea that they were buyers instead of sellers, even though I came into it skeptically. But they do deserve the benefit of the doubt. So I am, you know, I, all these games, at the very least we could say this about these games. There are real stakes. It's not just about lottery balls and chances of getting Victor Wimbanyama. But join me now, MLB senior writer for ESPN. He's got a great article about the most intriguing players for the upcoming season on all 30 MLB teams. And we'll get into that in a second. But we're joined by David Schoenfeld from ESPN. David, thank you so much for joining the show today. Matt, thanks for the invite. Good, good to get those baseball juices flowing here. Oh, yeah. And it started for me um, going into last weekend when I realized that, okay, there's going to be a week without you know, really any NBA games on, and, and then you're, and the football is fully done, so your brain just goes towards baseball. Um, let's start here. Back in December, you tweeted out, the Diamondbacks and Blue Jays make an old-school trade. <laughs> So now that there's been a little bit of time, you know, just to think about it, and everything's sort of settled, um, your thoughts on the on the Jays getting Dalton Varsho, uh, Arizona getting Gabriel Moreno and Guriel Jr. Just now, looking back, your thoughts on that trade? Yeah, well, I love that trade because it's the kind, of, like I said, it's the kind of deal you don't see anymore. Kind of a a challenge trade, right? You know, value for value. You're not dumping salary. You're not trading you know, a, a superstar player for a bunch of prospects, um, although Moreno obviously isn't a proven player yet, but uh, just a good old-fashioned trade. I, I, You know, I like it from both teams, for both teams. I think I did prefer Arizona's side a little more. Oh, look, I know the Blue Jays are dealing from a strength, you know, with their catching depth. Moreno, by all accounts, looks like he's going to be a really good player and catching talent is hard to find. So I love it for Arizona filling a long-term need. But look, the Blue Jays get a really good underrated player and Dalton Varsho. Oh, he's a top-notch athlete, great defensive metrics. I'm sure you guys have 
know and talked about. And I think he's a guy that seems like is going to benefit from the removal of the shift, um, kind of a pole hitter. So I think that batting now reach will go up. And look, makes that outfield really one of the better defensive outfields in the game, and that's going to be huge. So I think it's a win-win trade for both teams. What excites you the most about the shift? And we'll get back on the Jays in a second, but um, like, I think we're all fascinated by pitch clock with pitchers, but I, I wonder if, um, you know, just how, long, how will that be enforced at the end of the year? But let's just, uh, the, the ban on shifts, what do you think that's going to mean for the aesthetic of the game? Well, look, for those of us of a certain age... <laughs> I'm of know, that age. By uh, the way, I'm of that age. I uh, Listen, to me, baseball was at its best, and I'm, I'm going old man for a second here, when Greg Maddox was pitching to Tony Gwynn. That, yeah. that should sort of place you about what my age is. Yeah, I'm in the same era. You know, look, we don't know what the effects are going to be. There's some analysts that say it's actually not going to make that big of an impact. Others say we're going to see, you know, a pretty noticeable increase in batting average, especially from left-handed batters. Um, look, the, to me, it's going to reward that left-handed batter who hits that line drive to right field because now the second baseman is going to be out there in shallow right field to take away that base hit. And look, the pitching is so good in today's game you got to give something to the hitters. And if you're hitting a rocket to right field, you deserve a base hit. You know, yeah, there's going to be some great defensive plays to steal hits, but I want to get back to rewarding that 105-mile-an-hour line drive to right field. You know, give that guy a single rather than an L4. So (laughs) your left-handed pole hitters, are. I think they're going to benefit. And is it going to be a dramatic change? We'll find out. It's going to help. Going back to your ESPN article, and we're again joined by Dave Schoenfeld from ESPN. By the way, I keep going, I keep flipping back and forth. It's like me, some people call me Matt, some people call me Matthew. For the duration of this interview, would you prefer Dave or David? Well, everybody calls me Dave, except my mom. All right, we'll, we'll, then we'll go with Dave. Otherwise, we're going down a weird road. Um, you wrote about the most intriguing players for each team, and for the Jays, you went with a big one in Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, you mentioned he, you know, led the majors with twenty-six double plays. He still had a very good year last year, but certainly a drop off from two thousand and twenty-one. Your thoughts on uh, your thoughts and expectations for Vlad going into this year? Yeah, look, Blue Jays fans know the story. You know, one of the best players in the game in 21, MVP candidate, absolute monster season. And last year, good season, all-star, but, you know, nowhere near as dominant as 2021. So who's the real Vlad Guerrero? You know, I think that there's still that question because 21, we had that lively ball, you know. Did he benefit from that? Was it just a an issue of a different approach last year um, hit the, you know, certainly hit the ball on the ground a lot more. So he's got to get that launch angle back up to, to you know, benefit his raw power and hit the ball over the fence. So I don't know. There's a lot of players who had career years in either 2019 or 2021 with the, with, you know, that juice ball. So let's see where Vladdy fits in. Look, he's still young. I think he's still, you know, going to be able to make those adjustments at the plate to hit more fly balls, but uh, let's find out if he is one of the best players in the game or kind of 
I don't mean this in a negative way, or merely are sort of an all-star kind of player. Oh, no, but there is a difference. By the way, you know. Yeah, big difference. And by the way, talking three or four wins of value, and that could be the difference between winning the division or winning a wild card. And it, it, it also screams to the how the potential and the talent of Vlad, where you can say, will he end up being merely an all-star? Yeah. Th- that is still puts you in a very rarefied air, but we've seen the potential of this guy to go to that sort of highest level of baseball player. Yeah, look, he, he, yeah, we would say he has a high floor, you know. Yeah. Um, and in t- 2021, he had one of the highest ceilings, you know, of any hitter in the game. So obviously, as a baseball fan, I hope we see 2021 <laughs> Vladdy again because that is such an exciting, impactful player. You know, he became one of the, the faces of the game. You know, not just in in Canada, but you know, in in the states. You know, so that's the Vladdy we all uh, love and we want to see in 2023. Moving around uh, Major League Baseball, there's three names that uh, you talked about that I'm curious just uh, your expectations for and why they're the uh, most intriguing for you. Let's go with uh, the MVP, Aaron Judge, and you sort of write about how you could expect regression, but even if he does regress, it still would be a pretty damn good year. Yeah, look, is it fair to expect 62 runs again? No, of course not. I think people... um, underrate how good this guy has been, you know, before last year. Now, the issue there, how many games um, is he going to play, you know, but he's been healthy the last two years. He's been doing well, so I think that's less of an issue, and I know here from the Yankees camp, he's really learned sort of how to take care of his body, you know, maybe do less at times during the regular season, you know, less batting practice, you know, more stretching, that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, again, as a baseball fan, you hope he's figured that out and stays healthy. Um, I'm not going to predict 62, but, you know, 50. I think we could see a 50-homer season from him. Who do you have, um, or, you know, the two other names I wanted to mention, both are uh, we kind of are looking at what 2023 through the lens of injury. Jacob deGrom with the Rangers <laughs> and Ronald Acuna Jr., who we haven't seen the 2019 version since. Right. And damn, that 2019 version was incredible. Those are two guys that could really swing a lot of playoff races based on their health. Yeah, Acuna, is he another one of those guys who benefited from that juice ball in 2019 when he... What he almost went forty forty, right? You know, but he's had he had the knee injury in twenty twenty one, came back last year, and the power just wasn't the same. Um, so he's got a lot to prove. Plus, he wants to prove he's better than his teammate Michael Harris, who came up and won you know Rookie of the Year. So who's the best outfielder on the Braves? That's up up in the air. Yeah, and Degrom, but the Rangers spent all the money last year, spent more money this year. Clearly, he's one of the you know the most important players in the game because if he's out there for 28 to 30 starts, the Rangers could be a surprise team if he makes 11 like he did with the Mets last year. You know they're not going to make the playoffs. So so look, we know when he's healthy, he's great. But how many games is he going to pitch? I'm not going to ask you to make any sort of predictions. It is way. <laughs> Way too early for that. But if I go look at the win totals for the Blue Jays, it is set at 91 and a half. 
So I'll just ask you this question. Would you be more comfortable placing a $5 bet on the <laughs> Jays going over or under? Just which one would you feel a little bit more comfortable about? But I'm not giving you, uh, a, a, where you an answer that you need to commit to. Well, I'd probably go over. But I was just in here talking to with a couple of my editors, and we were debating how many playoff locks are there. And my editor said the Blue Jays are a lock. I'm not quite so sure. I think mm. the AL is competitive enough, you know, with Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays. I, the Orioles, I know everybody's predicting regression. I'm not going to write them off, you know. But to me, the AL, you got the Angels and the Rangers. Are they, you know, playoff contenders this year? If things bounce right, I think they could be. So I'll take the over on the Blue Jays, but I'm also not – quite so confident to say they're a playoff lock. Dave, you, you got to know how this works. This is a Toronto thing. you got to say, over 91, they're going to take over the Yankees, knock out the Astros, and look out, it's Joe Carter uh, Part 2 and another World Series. Well, I just said over 91, and if That's you win good. 92, that should get you in. I Hell hard yeah. to envision a scenario where you win 92 and, and don't make the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, look, you know, Vladdy's going to bounce back. i got to get on the good side of Blue Jays fans. Bichette, yeah. maybe this is the year he wins a batting title. How's that sound to Blue Jays fans? Um, the rotation is pretty pretty good. Although Kevin Gossman's going to have to adjust to this new Bach rule, right? He's kind of one of the, the guys who's going to have to maybe change his delivery, so we'll see how he adjusts. But, uh, yeah, look, NL, to me, the AL East and the NL East are going to be monsters, just the monster divisions, and so entertaining. Read his work at ESPN. It is David Schoenfeld. David, I went with David. Dave, always <laughs> appreciate. Thanks so much for joining the show today. All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All the best. Dave Schoenfeld from ESPN.com. On the other side, the sports version of F. Mary Kill. It is Stardom, Sidem, Cutem. And we'll do that right after traffic. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. Double or nothing. Done. Witness. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Today we're going to have you play a fun little game called F*** Mary Kill. Oh, wow. For this game, we'll show you pictures of three people, and you have to decide which one you want to have sex with, which you'd marry, and which one you'd kill. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. All right, everyone. Welcome back. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. We do this each and every Thursday. It's time now for the sports version of F. Mary Kill. Start him, sit him, cut him. Producer Nick, what do you got? Oh, well, thank you, Matthew. Let's, let's get this started off with... Uh, let's, let's start with a Jay's question coming sure. off of our conversation with Dave there. Um, Jay's. Yeah. Lots of positive coming into this season. Yeah. Some of the biggest question marks are around the pitching staff and mostly the number five spot. Mm. So, here's your options. Yep. Start them, sit them, cut them. You say Kikuchi, Mitch White, or the youngster, Ricky Tiedemans. 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 Because <laughs> there is Ricky Tiedemans is another player. It's got caught in my head. Don't yeah. laugh. Okay, I'm just going to go with first name on the last one so I don't get caught. Ricky! Ricky! I am going to 
again. Oh my, this one. I'm gonna cut. Uh, I'm gonna cut the youth and Ricky. I'm gonna sit the Mitch White, and I'm gonna start the guy with the highest ceiling in Kikuchi. Actually, Telemans has the highest ceiling. No, that says you. These are no, prospects. Basically, everybody. Ah, they said they say that all the time. What do they know? Who are they? He's top five yeah. pitching prospect in yeah, the majors. Well, they, 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 so is Nate Pearson. Boom, I win. Valid, valid. I'll let you have that one. Really? You're going with Kikuchi over White? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm living dangerously. I'm living dangerously. <laughs> living very dangerously. <laughs> By the All way, right. I like how I use the, uh, the, the the exception for my argument. It's a horrible argument know, technique. Like, what yeah. about Nate Pearson? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a valid question. Yeah, so. but still weak. Um, let's flip back to the Leafs. Yeah. Trade deadline coming up. Obviously, the news of Uh-oh. Jake Muzzin. Yeah, not playing the rest of the season mm-hmm. could change the way they approach the deadline. So, Maddie, start him, sit him, cut him. Options for the team at the deadline: picking up a depth defenseman, picking up a depth forward, or picking up a depth goaltender. Uh, we're going to cut depth forward by bringing in Ryan O'Reilly. That pushes everyone else down, and that pushes other guys who used to play right back to the Marlies. I'm going to sit. Depth defenseman, and I'm going to start depth goalie. Can't trust. We're going to see Murray. You got a lot of inexperience. I don't mind starting the playoffs with a Samsonov, but I'm just going to need something better. We you know the in case of emergency break glass. If I go to break glass, I want something better there than uh, than Shalgren or Wall. So you need that little hammer. Yeah, what you mean? Need a little okay. hammer. All right, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a fair, fair thought there, Matty. Yeah. I'd probably lean towards. Depth forward as a as a safety, but funny. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, Raptors, yeah. Lots of questions heading into the second half. Should they have been buyers at the deadline? Should they have sold? They have the toughest or fifth toughest schedule coming down the stretch here. So start them, sit them, cut them. The Raps make the playoffs. The Raps make the play in, or the Raps do not make either. I'm going to cut, do not make either. I'm going to sit, just make the play in. I'm going to start, make the playoffs. I'll give the benefit of the doubt. The team is now fully healthy. They can certainly catch Washington, certainly catch Atlanta. You can argue that um, they're, they're uh, when fully healthy, they're better than the Knicks. And we'll see. But the Miami Heat, it is an older team. So I say make the playoffs. All right. Last up, you got really quickly here because we've got yeah. about a minute. Okay. okay. You get to pick between watching a women's hockey game between the U.S. and Canada mm-hmm. championship, like Game 7 last night. Yep. You get to watch a men's hockey game between uh, Canada and the U.S. Or you get to watch your two favorite teams play in any sporting event outside of that. Um... Two favorite. I, I'm gonna or, or your favorite team playing a championship. I'll give you that. Just, oh, okay. Then I'm gonna start my favorite team playing a championship. Right now, I'm gonna go with men's hockey, uh, and then I'm gonna cut women's hockey only because we've seen it now last night. And right now, you know why I'm cutting the women's the women's hockey one? Because it's boring. Because we know what's gonna happen. The Canada Canada's w- gonna win. Canada's gonna win. They dominated last night five nothing. They've last they've won the last international uh, uh, event. They won the last Olympic event. Look, I'm going to kick in the ass of the Americans. Oh, that is a tough one. 
That is it. That that is it. I mean, it's gonna. My favorite's still gonna be my favorite team because that's the team I've watched since like 1990. Be the Giants. Yeah. So I I have the most commitment to them. Fair. It's just between the men's and women's hockey. Um, but it's not like the, it's not like the states have as much. Nah. I'll go. I'll sit with the men, uh, and then I'll cut the women only because of recency bias. I haven't seen the men. Uh, I haven't seen Canada versus the United States in uh, men's hockey in the longest time. Fair enough. But shout out to the women. They got it done last night. Love the fact that Marie Philippe and sco- Marie Philippe scoring, and then the shot of the parents having the nachos. Just a dominant performance by Canada, especially in that second period. We got to go to break. On the other side, Wesley Chang is going to join the show as we get all things NBA. We'll do that after traffic, which is brought to you by Jan. Pro, Canada's leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Trust the professionals at JanPro. Visit them today at janpro.ca. I always love when a guest can come in studio and from TSN Edge, betting analyst, mostly NBA, but he's also he's dipped his toe in other sports and into the CFL. It is Wesley Chang. Wesley, thank you so much for being in studio for the show today. Hey, cause always a pleasure. Love being here. And you're you're here till one in the morning, correct? Like yeah, I appreciate you, that shout out. I'm, I'm hanging here. around, man. Yeah. They're not actually letting me out of the building. I'm trapped. Well, it, it's a great night for like if and obviously they probably did this on purpose because it is a stacked yes. slate of NBA games first set of games after the All-Star game plus you've got Raptors taking on um at home against the Pelicans so I see why they got you here so what we'll do let's let's start just first with a bit of just general Raptors talk I said off the top of the show if you're going to be buyers then fine now the Raptors need to act like buyers and I'm glad they have a hard schedule because if this team is as good as Masai Ujiri says they are, then I want to see what they do against the best teams. I am fascinated because th- these final 23 games is a referendum on Masai Ujiri, on Scotty Barnes, on Siakam to a lesser extent, uh, to Fred Van Vliet. Like, I, I, I am just fascinated by these final 23 games. I think that's a great call out. You know, if this is a team that they're saying they're going to believe in, why wait? Let's get them right in the fire. Let's get them up against this, you know, tough strength of schedule, as you mentioned. And we're going to find out right away whether or not they're, they're capable of doing it. The win total that they have on FanDuel right now is mm-hmm. actually a pretty interesting number. They have them sitting at, they only expect the Raps to go 12 and 11 in order to cover that number. Okay. So, like huh. you said, strength of schedule, obviously one of the tougher ones of all the remaining teams, but 12 and 11, one game above 500. It doesn't sound like a big ask, right? No. So I think they definitely should be able to hit that number, but the test is going to be there, and we're going to see whether or not the pieces fit the way Masai envisions. Should I bet? I bet, I bet at the beginning of the year that the Raptors would go over 46.5 wins. I bet 30 bucks, which is the higher, the higher amount. I don't usually bet a ton. Should I bet 30 again on this new over to try to make up my loss and at least try to break even on my Raptors win bets? I'm not going to tell you what to do, but myself, <laughs> yeah. I would say looking at every game that they had in the upcoming schedule, the, the matchup that's going to matter the most is how they play against Washington. Mm-hmm. They play them three times. They haven't played them once this season. They're the ones that are sharing the ninth and 10th seed with them right now. That's going to be the series that ultimately dictates whether they hit this or not. But to go one game over 500 with now everybody back and healthy, I don't think it's a big ask. Uh, you got to remember, Toronto's been one of the most underperforming teams yes. so far, especially when you measure it against net rating and some of the advanced metrics that show that they've just lost some games. 
that they probably shouldn't have lost. The Utah one jumps out, obviously. They had Ugh. that one go, they gave that one away. If it wasn't for that game, they'd be on a six game win streak right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all things considered, I think Toronto has the pedigree to do it. It just hasn't come together at all this season. Pirtle seems to be that connector for them this year. Uh, tonight, I actually think is a very good, uh, it's a very good test to see how they're going to be able to go up against a team that has the size they, like they do against New Orleans. Scotty Barnes, last 18 games, 18-8-5, shooting 48%. Um, your thoughts on him, and you can either take this just from a pure basketball standpoint or your philosophy on betting props when it comes to Scotty Barnes. I think there was this kind of peaks and valleys, as with most, most players. Scotty had this huge peak, especially when this Western road trip was starting where he was really getting to the free throw line like exponentially better than earlier in the season. He'd have some games where he wouldn't even show up at the line. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had, oh, I remember. Oh, he had like 10 to 15 of those yeah. on the first like first half of the season. And then if you look at his game tra- uh, game log from the last month, he's getting to the line, you know, double digits. He's getting to the line 8, 7 times a game, and that's really changed from it was a re- it was you know what it was? Mm. It was that time when they started treating him like Ben Simmons. Oh, when they started that's leaving, right. Yes, they did, yeah. When they started leaving him on the three-point line like that, I think he, he used that as an opportunity to be more aggressive getting to the rim, and that's stuck. Um, we don't need him shooting threes. That's not what... Like, there's enough shooting talent around him. He doesn't need to do that, especially yeah. with OG back. We need Scotty to figure out how to get to the rim. If he can keep that aggression up, I think that is going to help his own scoring, but then also lead to easier dimes for him, too, which has been kind of a narrative for the entire team coming out of this trade deadline. And by the way, for people who don't know, being treated like Ben Simmons means <laughs> no one is guarding him. That means like it, it, it is the equivalent of baseball when, um, when a chubby seven-year-old version of me was playing Little League and all the outfielders yelled, easy out, and they all come and hang around with the infield. I feel like that's a lasting memory of yours. That is a lasting memory. By the way, right call defensively by the opponents uh, that I used to play against. And the same thing with Scotty Barnes. Like, you want to shoot? Great. Go ahead and shoot. So for the Raptors game tonight, uh, judge and shame this bet. And then we'll, we'll talk a lot about NBA win to- more about NBA win totals. Uh, this is my pessimistic bet of the night. Five bucks. Valanchunas to get 12 rebounds or more. And the Pelicans to win. Five dollars pays me 31 bucks. I woo six to six to one. That's, yeah, that's a lot of money. Okay, yeah. so um, I mean, I think the payout is great. Mm-hmm. I just don't think JV is going to have as easy as a time as he would if Raptors didn't have Pirtle. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, oh yeah. Uh, no, I like that. I don't have a problem with that. Actually, plus six thirty. I don't have a problem. Plus with that. six thirty. I'm going on record saying I'm not perfectly clear how this game is going to play out when it comes to the game line. Mm-hmm. Um, but my one note on JV and Pirtle, yeah, is that all season. Pirtle, I'm sorry, uh, JV has really been a sieve on defense. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, get, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of getting really bad for him. And that's actually one of the reasons why New Orleans, so, uh, they're in such rough shape. They allow 72% shooting at the rim. Woo! They're dead last. Okay, they're so, dead last in the NBA. Uh-huh. And JV's the, the rim protector, right? Yeah. So they, you know, if, I, if I was them and they were really going for it this season... I would have tried to see what the mark was like for JV, but I think they're kind of caught in this kind of purgatory here with Zion's injury status, so they just let it ride. But JV, offense, like you said, offensively, maybe he, he can get you know, 12 rebounds, some O boards, yada, yada. But I like the other way. I like betting it the other way. I like Pirtle against JV. I like, mm-hmm. like Scotty, I just mentioned about getting to the rim. Yep. 
good opportunity against JV. They just don't have the protection. The one other bet uh, people might not be as interested in, but this has some Canadian content in it, and it also involves the number one team in the West, Denver at Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell used to burn, used to burn Denver all the time when he was in Utah. Meanwhile, Jamal Murray is coming back from injury. So I'm taking the over for Donovan Mitchell points and the under for Jamal Murray points, and that's 27.5 for Donovan and 22.5 for Jamal. Parlayed that together. Six bucks pays me $16. Donovan Mitchell, I think, in his last four games coming out of uh, going into the All-Star break, I think his floor is 29 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is. There you go. There so you go. So you'll, he's in play. Like? Yeah, he's in really good shape. I like that spot. You know, Cleveland would like to get a statement win here too. Uh, and like you said, Jamal Murray coming off that injury. Uh, it's true. I don't. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. I. Uh, I don't want to undersell Murray though. Murray was playing really good. He was. He got hurt. I know. I know. But uh, I just ease him back excited. in. Also, also, it's not like Denver is fighting for uh, to stay out of the play-in. They're the number oh, one. It. They're oh, the, the number one seed. So I think they're going to ease in Jamal. Hey, bring you in, buddy. Don't worry. I like it. I get it. I, yeah. I just, I'm just saying. Shout out Jamal Murray, man. He yeah. was killing it. Yeah. He was killing it before the All Star break. So um, I'm a little bit more sheepish about that one. But the, the mm-hmm. spider bet, I'll take that any day. Yeah. So those are uh, those are my NBA bets of um, of the night. But uh, you've been working again, Jeremy West. Uh, joined by Wesley Chang from TSN Edge. You've been working on uh, the NBA win totals. What are some of the numbers? What are some of the storylines you like? Well, I think the Toronto one's very interesting, as you said. Yeah. Uh, they only got to go one game about 500, so we talked about that. Here's another one, though, that uh, I thought is kind of fascinating. So Dallas, mm. okay? Let me, let me pull this up here just so I have it right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Dallas is currently... Uh, the great experiment of great Kyrie experiment, right? with, uh, with Luka. Okay, so Dallas is currently 31 and 29. Mm-hmm. So two games above 500. They have a win total set at 45 and a half that you can bet right now either way. Mm-hmm. That essentially tells you they have to go 15 and 7. No, they're not doing that. That's ridiculous. So they have to go 15 and 7 to no, cover. No, 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 no. Take the under. Yeah. yeah. L- Luca and Kyrie haven't even won a game together yet. Yeah. So, uh, so, wow. so, so your response is wow. exactly what I feel. Like, I get it. Like, they're, they're great. And their strength, so strength of schedule, they mm-hmm. have the easiest strength of schedule. That, that had to, part of it. That, that absolutely had to bake into that number. Part of it. But to go eight games above 500 at this stage in the season, I just, I, I, with these two guys having yet to win a game yet. Yeah. No. I just, no. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't like, see that at I all. think they'll be good. But I just don't know if they're fifteen and seven good enough. No. So there you go. That's the Can, first one I spotted. You know, and by the way, all these numbers uh, are, are on Fanduel. All my bets on Fanduel. Can I parlay um, the the over for the Raptors and the under for Dallas? I would. I, and if you don't know, that's fine. I, I threw this at you, so I'm not sure if you know this, but that's one I'm going to look at later because yeah, I, I love the Ra- that. I love right. the Raptors going more than one game over 500, and the Dallas Mavericks not going eight games over 500. That's it's, ridiculous. It's a, it's a big ask. It's, it's a, a really big, big ask. You just think about ask. how much um, how much time it takes to like build chemistry mid season like this. Very. Yeah. Very rarely does something like this happen. I forget it was Windhorse or Zach Lowe. Somebody was saying how Pow, like Pow Gasol and Kobe was like the only midseason kind of like acquisition where it actually worked out perfectly. Almost always, yeah, it doesn't translate all the way into the playoffs. And I think it was about Kevin Durant they were talking about. So same thing here, fifteen and seven. I think it's a big ask. I think they'll probably be you know 
five, six games above five hundred, but eight to go. No, no, to no, go no, eight. No. That's a lot. I'm gonna. By the way, you can't parlay them. That stinks. Right, thanks for answering that. Um, so if we went, uh, LeBron James said these are the most important games, or or some of the most important games of my career, because you know LeBron's got to always make it about LeBron. <laughs> They take on a Golden State Warriors team tonight. No Steph Curry. It's why the Lakers are favored by five and a half. But with so much pressure on, and LeBron putting the pressure on him, good for him. He's putting the pressure on him. Do you lean uh, the overs, like he's over 27 and a half tonight, or 42 and a half assist points and rebounds combined? Or is this one of those things where we love to bet narrative and the books know it, so you should avoid betting the overs on LeBron because that clearly is the sucker, the public bet? I I don't know if LeBron just goes full scoring mode and everybody kind of caters to him. Does he try to be a good leader and try to get his assist props up now that he's got mm-hmm. a bunch of very capable shooters surrounding him in this in this lineup? But... The, the point I have to make is the Warriors are atrocious on defense. Yes. That's the problem. They have been so porous. It, it doesn't matter how good Clay is going to be shooting tonight, Jordan Poole. I don't care. If their defense has been so bad that this could be one of those games where it's like 125 to 124. Right. Just crazy scoring from both sides. So um, LeBron overs probably is the right side to lean. It's just a matter of whether or not you feel very strongly about one of points, rebounds, or assists. Uh, if you know, forced to choose. I probably pick assist over his points. Yeah, but you know, I don't. I don't think you can go wrong. Well, that's what happens to Golden State when Draymond Green decided to punch Jordan Poole before the start <laughs> of the year. Uh, Wesley, last one. Is there uh, any other uh, any any other specific bets for tonight or other uh, win total ones you want to uh, you want to alert us to? Uh, you know what? I just say look out for Toronto passing in general. Mm-hmm. I thought the most telling thing right around trade deadline, which might have already floated away, Masai called out his team for playing very selfishly yep. in the month leading up and. You know, Josh Lewenberg, you know, friend of the program, uh, others who were at that press conference also flagged, like, I think he said it five to six times, talked about the team's lack of, you know, playmaking, togetherness. So I expect assists overall to be up for every player. So Scotty, Pascal, Fred, any of the main ball handlers, if there's a good spot against a weak defense and the number is reasonable, I think for sure you try to take the overs on assists. Like tonight, yeah. you'll see in our same game parlay on the broadcast, we have Fred. Yeah, we Fred. have Fred assists. Right. He's well, going to be part of it. He, uh, you know, he's going to want to end strong to opt out and get that one last <laughs> Absolutely. big payday. Absolutely. Always appreciate. Thank you so much, Wesley, for joining the show today. Cause thanks for having me. Check out his work at tsn.ca slash edge. You'll see him on SportsCenter. It is a great slate of NBA games on tonight. So enjoy that while you're also watching Edmonton taking on Pittsburgh as well with McDavid versus Crosby. We got to take a break on the other side. Sound of the day. We've cut up a really fun piece of sound by producer Nick McVicker. Uh, sort of a, it's sort of a, a Nick McVicker, Matt Cause joint. Is that how the kids say it? A, a joint? Did I, uh, did I get that right? I'm getting thumbs up from everyone. Actually, I'm not getting thumbs up from anyone at all. Just, okay, moving on. Let's hit traffic. For the last time on the show today, a hearty congratulations to the Canadian women's hockey team 
winning the rivalry series down 3-0 to the Americans, down three games to zip. They win the next four and the last two in such impressive fashion, 5-1 in game six and then 5 nothing last night. And, you like that? Yeah. You like that? You're damn right, Kurt. That's what I like. And the lasting image will be one. Will be three. Victoria Bach scoring to make it 5 nothing when Canada had a three-on-none rush on the Americans. The second one, Marie-Philippe Poulin's parents diving into some nachos after she scored uh, to make it 2 nothing. They're like, yeah, you always score. So they were back to the food. And the third, Poulin, she actually it wasn't even a penalty. She was like tossed from that game last night and she was hanging out. She wasn't even in the penalty box. Like she was by the 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 gate or the she was by the the tunnel to the dressing room and she's like hanging out with like a minute and a half left going, "Can I just get on the ice and celebrate with my teammates?" Well, no, she did get a penalty at 18:25, Matt. Oh yeah, so. but it was like, "Okay, it's a penalty, but you're booted." Oh, whatever. Yeah, the, I think it was probably like coincidental minor, so they probably sent both players off. Yeah, exactly. But, but and she I just, missed the end. I, I'll yeah. admit to that. No, no, it's fine. I mean, it was 5 nothing. The game was done. Canada scored four goals in the second period. That no. game was done. Uh, sorry for the Canadian soccer team losing 3 nothing to Japan. Hopefully we will see them again on April 11th against France. More importantly, let's hope that there is um, all the... Well, really, the fights going on, the legitimate fights going on between the Canadian women and Canada soccer, or Soccer Canada, excuse me, there can be a resolution with greater amounts of transparency and a greater financial commitment to a program that so deserves it. The Raptors, they kick off the final part of their season tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans. Five-and-a-half point favorite. Feels a little high, but... Pelicans, man, such a banged-up team. We do this at the end of each and every show. It is time now for Sound of the Day. Sound of the Day! Sound of the Day! Here comes the Sound of the Day! Sound of the Day originally was going to be making fun of Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers, but instead... You got the World Baseball Championship is coming up very soon. I looked up the average salary of a baseball player is over it's about four and a half million. That's for the average player. Mike Trout makes about $36 million a year, and he will be on the American squad. One of the teams is the Czech baseball team. And for a lot of these players, well, if they just cash their checks. Oh, that was a horrible joke by me. Man, I hate myself. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Am I right? Am I right? This won't shock you, but a lot of players on the Czech baseball team have other jobs. So here is the intro. Here's a montage of the Czech baseball players and what they do when they're not playing baseball. My name is Petr Zima. I'm a financial trader. I'm a DH for the Czech team. Arnoš Dubový, center field teacher on high school geography and physical education. I'm a sales representative for Silvan SRO. My job is I'm a sports manager in our ball club. I do audit for KPMG Czech Republic. I'm a sales manager in the energy company here in Czech Republic. Marketing and communication for Czech Baseball Association. Uh, I work with Wood. My profession is moderator on a magazine. I'm buying selling houses reconstruction. My name is Daniel Vavrusha. Uh, I'm a catcher, and me and my father, we import baseball equipment to Czech Republic. Could you imagine? My name is Paul Goldschmidt. I work with wood. I'm uh, 
Pete Alonzo, sales manager for a local medical community company. Like, just, I got to tell you, and that was a horrible check impersonation. That was really bad, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I I couldn't imagine these players doing that. Like, you think... But then you look at some of the other teams, right? We're yeah. used to the American teams, the Dominicans and mm-hmm. Puerto Rico. The Canadian teams, like just like this. But, but yeah. actually, if you think about it, some of the guys in the Canadian team aren't just baseball players either. Yeah. Like if you go through the roster, not all of them are just baseball players. Nope. So <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about, but that's the way it is. I'm now rooting for I'm now rooting for the Czech baseball team. That's what uh, not the Italian team coached by Mike Piazza? Is it really? Yeah. I, I, there's, there's still too much sports going on. There's, there's still too much sports going yeah, Mike on. Mike Piazza, head coach of mm. the Italian World Baseball Classic team. All right. All right. Well, Canada first. You know my rule. Canada first, and then whichever country I like the wine the most. So France second, Italy third. And hey, we'll give a shout-out to the Czech team there as you well. Go, Matt. That's, that's good job spreading all yeah. the happiness. Yeah, but then does New Zealand have a team? Anyway, no, we have no time for this. The show is over. Gameplay on TSN 1050. Brought to you by FanDuel with the German wine as well. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Don't sleep on South Africa as well. Those Cabernets are fantastic. Overdrive is coming up next. There's a Brian Hayes. I saw Frankie Corrado. They got a packed show coming up. We will catch you tomorrow with the final show of the week. And again, everyone out there, be good, be safe, drive careful, especially on those side streets. There's a lot of snow and not a lot of road. Time now for traffic.